Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Uh, that music that you heard, of course, everybody better be familiar with that. Matt, may the 4th be with you. You too, Derek. May the 4th be with you because it's obviously our May 4th show. It, what's it called? The Imperial, is it Imperial Death March? Yeah, or it's the Imperial March. Imperial, is, yeah. is, is the word death in it? No, it's, no, it's just the Imperial March. Imperial March, okay. I think well, some yeah. people would just say the Stormtrooper March or whatever you want to well, say. Well, I mean, you can't say Imperial Death March and let the Stormtroopers be a part of it because they never kill anybody. They, they, no, they, they are. <laughs> they never. I mean, they miss all the time. the worst shots Ever. They miss all the time. Look, you and I are, are John Wick fans. There, there were kind of some Stormtrooper moves in John Wick 4, okay? <laughs> were. There were some guys, you're like, how did you get to be part of the go-after-John-Wick yeah. team? Because they were they were bad. Hey, look, look, those, they were bad. Look, look, I know we're kind of going off Star Wars with John Wick. Those suits are amazing. Like, if, if you had completely oh, Kevlar, suit, yes. yeah. and of course, even the, of course, in the John Wick 4, even the bad guys now yes, have the Kevlar yes. suits. For those that don't know, John Wick suits are – Bulletproof. I mean, yep. they're bullet resistant, bulletproof. Yeah. and he'll hold up his sleeve to be able to <laughs> fight off. Anyway, he'll just like cut his coat, cover up his yeah, face, and walk through. That's why they all have to be headshots, which makes it very violent because everybody has to be a headshot to die. Right. And look, and if the stormtroopers had to have nothing but headshots, no chance. <laughs> no, I mean, the stormtroopers were absolute. They did not register very high no, in no, at all uh, in any uh, test. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's just, no. I mean other than just They're being so born incompetent, yeah absolutely incompetent. oh it's terrible yeah. yeah it didn't take much to rise to the top in the uh no. the empire because if the stormtroopers were the the uh you know the people to draw from hey except th- for those guys in red well th- yeah those were those were the elite guys those but they never did anything yeah. we never saw them fight well you do and like if you watch some of the offshoot shows but no in the actual i thought the, the the original three no they just they just looked awesome. oh well yeah the guys in the red suits from empire strikes from return of the jedi so they were awesome. Yeah. Where were. were they? Whenever the emperor was uh, spoiler alert, you know, getting. <laughs> well, you know, no, they. Uh, Ray is it Ray? Am yeah. I doing right? Oh, trust Ray me, that's and, her name. Uh, and uh, hey, that's her name because remember the black dude screams it the whole time. Yeah. Okay, so Ray every and, time uh, who's the Adam Driver character? Yeah. So they fight them in one of the oh, okay. in like the third one maybe yeah, the well, Rise of Skywalker. You mean the third one, aka the ninth one? That's correct. That's right. Uh, yes. They I think they that's they right. fight them. Yeah, and so that's uh, it was a pretty cool battle, yeah. a pretty cool fight. But those guys just look cool. Yeah, yeah. So we lost some listeners there. A lot of Star Wars <laughs> listeners. A lot of people don't watch Star Wars, so they checked out. But May the 4th is, for those that don't know, May the 4th be with you. Everyone has heard that. So May the 4th is Star Wars Day across the country. And, uh, you know, very interesting. So we thought we'd just lead in with that music, you know, be a part of that. And, Derek, sometimes people, whenever they're going to sign for a house, Derek, they might hear that kind of music in the background when it's time to go to a closing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of the, the, the death march to go to a closing. But And if you're looking for help when it comes to closings, when it comes to searching, when it comes to seeking out your next home in DeSoto County, maybe it's your first home, your second home, maybe it's your dream home, your forever home, whatever it is. If you're looking for a home in DeSoto County, even the entire Mid-South, you want to work with the best real estate team in DeSoto County by far. Speaking, of course, about our 2023 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses now 70 years of combined real estate experience. They have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give them a call. Give them your address. Give them a little bit of time. They can give you a report all about your neighborhood, what's going on down your street, what's going on right around your home to help you make the best decision when it comes to listing 
your home for sale. Call Brown and Terry and their team today at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search with their award-winning website, teamcouch.com. Put in all the filters, number of bathrooms, number of bedrooms, uh, school zones you want to live in, all those different things. Brian and Terry's website is the best around when it comes to helping you find your next home in DeSoto County. Call them again today, 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-SOLD. That's 7653. And podcast listeners, say it with me. Every home needs a couch. Coming to you this Wednesday afternoon, beautiful 80-degree Wednesday right here in Hernando, Mississippi, from the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce, right behind the BP station on Commerce. Cars, trucks, vans, we can help you with an insurance claim. We can help you with a transmission issue. We've rented to people here in the last couple of days who just uh, dropped their car off at a mechanic shop, and we were able to help them on a Monday. They bring it back on Wednesday. All those different kind of things, all the different examples. We'd love to help you here at Mobile Cars and Vans. It's also a great time to contact us if you're considering a Memorial Day trip, June trip, July trip, please reach out. Don't let us fill up and not be able to take care of you. There's no reason to call the big companies. A lot of them this summer are not going to have vans. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. Again, 662-469-4555. Think local, use local. Give us a call today, mobile, cars, and vans. Well, Derek, kicking off our first show of the month of May, let's talk about what we've been doing since our last show. What you been up to since our last show? Something big, uh, and we can't, we usually cover our spirituality at the end of the show, but uh, something big for us as churchgoers coming up, we'll talk about what's going on since our last show. Right, since the last show, Matt, I just, uh, on Saturday, I ran a race, uh, You know, kind of working on a little goal that I have for myself for uh, this year, and so this is my second race. Ran the Flocker on the Block at the beginning of the month, and then there was a race up at Shelby Farms uh, the last Saturday of the month, so about four weeks apart. Really good race. It was the uh, Memphis Runners and Track Club MRTC members-only race, so there were several hundred people up there running, uh, just a 5K through Shelby Farms, very beautiful. And uh, so, yeah, went with a couple couple guys, and we got it done, and uh, uh, turned out to be a pretty nice race. So that was just something I did. Then on Sunday uh, was the big news you kind of alluded to. That was um, we had several church meetings, had well church, then Sunday school, and then three meetings that evening. Uh, and the first of the meeting was uh, the, probably, the, I guess, the most important uh, or, I guess, the most historical. The Hernando United Methodist Church, which, of course, started uh, in Hernando, I believe, in 1837, the same year that the city started. Uh, it's been a Methodist church for that entire length of time. It um, decided to, uh, of course, in the 60s, uh, the Methodist Church became the United Methodist Church, where two or three Methodist uh, denominations came together to form the United Methodist. Well, since that time, there's been a lot of division and, and, and you know things happening. And so uh, one of the because of the way the doctrine has not been followed nationally uh, for the, the United Methodist Church, uh, there are many churches, uh, excuse me, many Methodist churches that are deciding to kind of go another Methodist route. Uh, and so, of course, they have their, you know, you can you can disaffiliate, become independent, and there's two or three other Methodist ways that you could go. And what the Hernando uh, Methodist Church decided to do was to go global Methodist. Uh, so we, we disaffiliated back in January from the, Hernando, from the United Methodist Church, and on uh, this past Sunday, they voted uh, overwhelmingly to join the global Methodist Church. So again, it will be known as uh, Hernando Methodist Church, going forward uh, once uh, you know the disaffiliation is approved uh, hopefully at the end of June 
And um, so that will kind of be, it will still be called the Methodist Church of Hernando. Nothing changes there. Uh, there. There will be, you know, have to be a little signage change and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, uh, same congregation, same preacher. We have much more control uh, over, you know, who our, our, our pastors will be. Um, we have much more control over a lot more of the money that we used to have to send out nationally. Now stays in Hernando that we can do for mission uses around here and that sort of thing. So Control of our land? Control of the land. That's right. The, uh, the United Methodist Church, all of the land of those churches were held in a trust. As part of the disaffiliation and the buyout, uh, we will now own the 31, 32 acres that we have right here in the heart of Hernando uh, and be able to control that ourselves. So just a wonderful, wonderful thing, um, you know, f- f- direction, uh, I guess, would be said. That's what a lot of the congregation would say because of the way it was voted. And so just a lot of steps uh, to, to get done in the next two months. We have to have the new EIN number, uh, all the uh, you know paperwork done by June 29th is when the, we would uh, no longer be part of the United Methodist Church. Uh, and then we would want to join the Global Methodist Church same day, next day type deal. Uh, so there's a lot to do to coordinate that, to get that done. But that was uh, voted on Monday. And then, of course, there was a couple meetings after that to talk about what that means and for the next steps going forward. Yeah, Derek. I mean, you and I have attended the Hernando United Methodist Church now for, you know, give or take, are pushing 20 years, been a part of that. So I know you've sat through numerous, countless, uh, let's just be honest, some some pretty boring meetings <laughs> for HUMC. And uh, I'm really excited. Uh, is this a time where we, you mentioned us having control of our land, a number of acres all around our church. Mm-hmm. Um, is this where we, we talk about and let the listeners know about the Hernando Methodist Church housing complex? No? Is, is it too early for that? The low, the low should income, we wait on that? Low income yeah, should we wait on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's hey, not- we're going to pay for our church real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna pay for our church real fast. You might not, uh, you know, you might not like around it, but uh, we're gonna get it paid for. I'm kidding, of course. But a re- really big thing for the, uh, you know, the area. A number of our listeners go to Hernando Methodist Church and have for a number of years. Uh, you and I are both pretty busy on Sunday mornings, whether it's uh, part of the table service or teaching Sunday school and stuff. So uh, I'm very excited about it. I'm ready for the next step and ready to move forward uh, with Hernando Methodist. And uh, for me, since our last show, I, I mentioned it last week. Uh, just prayers, prayers for my mom. She had a simple heart procedure. Uh, I mean, I guess anytime you go uh, under anesthesia and they're in there zapping your heart around, mm-hmm. really and truly, I, no pun intended, with the uh, Star Wars thing there, they're lightsaber and some things inside your heart. Yeah, I, had, uh, I, had to, I mean, when you told me about it, I had to read about it. They, they, they kind of solder it. Yeah, they, they, like they make your heart, they get your heart out of rhythm and they, they, they see what's what's messing it up yep. and yep. they zap those things that aren't causing that. It's crazy. And so it's, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah, really, really it's just, amazing. Yeah. So she and I spent the night in the hospital down in Louisiana on Monday night. Uh, just good to be with her and, uh, you know, be available to her and help her. And she's doing very well and got her home yesterday. And uh, my mom and I have a really good relationship, a lot of fun. Uh, we joke around and got to watch a little Jeopardy and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sadly, you're just sitting there waiting. You know, procedure starts at 12. They don't come get you to 145. So you just have to sit there and kind of just hang out, really. And, uh, you know, Mom, I, I know she listens to the show sometimes, so I'm just really happy that um, she's doing well, and we're going to push forward when it comes to uh, her health, and I'm uh, just so glad that things went well, and I appreciate all the prayers that maybe have, uh, from people here that listen to our show. So that's been the, the biggest thing since our last show was really worried about and taken care of, and it, it was a good thing, and uh, we're just going to keep moving forward through May and through the, the summer, and um, you know, it's kind of her new normal right now. My mom lives alone uh, since my dad passed away, and she um, is a very 
very outgoing and independent woman, and a lot of the listeners who have met her would agree with that. And, um, you know, it's kind of new to her to be able to ask for rides and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's going well, though. So, I, again, I really appreciate all the prayers and those people pulling for us. So that's what's been going on, biggest thing, since our last show. Super busy here at the Mobile Cars and Van Rentals you know, office. We delivered all of our vans, Derek, to Memphis in May. Uh, we did that. that. And uh, so awesome. ho- hopefully that happens and we get paid. That's a good thing. Well, so. yeah, <laughs> as – as always, annually, rain comes. Oh, no, no, no. If you want to rain in Memphis, you plan an outside <laughs> just plan thing called the Bill Street Music Festival, and you're going to get two inches. Yeah, so, so fr- Friday is coming. It will be here. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, it's supposed to carry over a little bit Saturday and Sunday. But hopefully they still have it. Hopefully, as yeah. you said, you get paid. Yeah. Uh, I, hope those, so. I, I mean, I hope so. We're still waiting to get paid for that Morgan Wallen. Co- I think my check, may have been in, my check may have been in Morgan's back pocket for that Sunday show. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they're still looking for, they're looking for his pants or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. What's going on there? But uh, yeah, I'm sure that check will be uh, be coming um, pretty soon. But look, we have a lot of fun. That's what's been going on for us since our last show. Derek, something coming up. You and I have been around in Hernando now for over 15 years, uh, well over 15 years for you and I. And it seems like ever since we moved into town, literally somebody was talking about baseball fields and they talked about that quite a bit. This past Tuesday, a major move with the city of Fernando and the parks department, something that people have talked about for now decades Tell us all about that, how we kicked off the Alderman meeting this past Tuesday. All right, Matt. Yeah, that was toward the end. Uh, so we've got – there's one other really big thing before that. Uh, not – you know, looked at the agenda, saw a couple things. We knew that was going to be discussed. Uh, other than that, it looked like it was going to go pretty smoothly. Uh, probably should have been a 40-minute meeting, end up being an hour and five-minute meeting. Uh, that was because usually the consent agenda, which uh, I think I always mention on here, we're skipping that or maybe here's one thing out of it, put this date on your calendar – well, there was a, an individual uh, in the city uh, who wanted to pull something out of the consent agenda. The mayor did make a, a brief statement saying, hey, look, consent agenda usually means it's you know going to be approved by everybody, but the aldermen and citizens have the right, when they see it, to ask that it be removed from the consent agenda to be discussed publicly. Correct. This, this individual did that. The one item that was pulled was a grant between Shelby County, uh, and I'll, I'll read it directly as the, um, I guess as the agenda has it. It was the approval for the city of Hernando to enter into a partnership with Shelby County, Tennessee, for a planning grant application for the Mid-South Regional Climate Action Plan and to authorize the mayor to sign it. So basically, because it was pulled out, Austin came up and kind of just was describing what this was. He said, this is a million-dollar grant that Shelby County is receiving to discuss climate change plans with the surrounding cities, and the cities can share in the grant. This will then allow the cities to apply for a Phase 2 grant money, which is $4.5 billion nationally, to help enact the decisions made for projects that could help. Now, you have to participate in Part 1 to, to maybe get part of Part 2. Maybe. Maybe. Exactly. Maybe. All of the cities outside of Hernando have looked at this. Isle Branch has already signed on with Shelby County. The other ones are having meetings this month, like just like, and probably several of them had it last night, just like Hernando was to try to make this decision. Now, Andrew Miller wanted to make sure everyone knows that just because we signed for step one does not mean that we have to do or apply for anything in step two. This just gives the city the option. Traffic and control could be included in this uh, application. The money uh, will be spent. It could be bike lanes. It could be uh, connections. Anything that would help try to reduce any kind, you know, anything harming the climate. That's so. Any of that could be part of a future application, not step one. That would be part of step two. Uh, so you know, he's saying that this money is going to be spent somewhere in the nation. It's already been allocated. It's done. It's a done deal. So why wouldn't? What's wrong with Hernando trying to have a shot at that? He said every city will have their own plan, and everyone will have a separate vote for the money to be spent in this area. So if and it cost us nothing. 
costs us nothing to Zero. sign on to this. So the guy that asked for it to be pulled, he spoke out. What was uh, his name, Derek? Do you recall? I, 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 did, I did not recall his name. Okay, we'll announce that next time. And he said that he thinks that the climate change is overblown, and he thinks that economic impact of switching to renewables is more expensive than what could be saved. This is this is the time to bring this up? <laughs> this is the time? <laughs> it, sh- it should have been. He talked a few minutes about how getting grants could cause more regulations. Andrew Miller then reminded him that we would not go to step two and you know this is not part of step two all of that would be part of step two and that this is only step one to have the option to even look at it and that we could not accept step two if we didn't want to when we got there he asked do you believe that step one so this is andrew miller asked this guy do you believe that step one does not force us to do anything other than be able to see it the guy responded that the board will be busy starting on the grant as soon as they sign this. So he was saying, well, if you sign this, then you got to start making your grant. That's going to take your time. The mayor responded that there is no money out in phase one. Dicaris then kind of cut in, was pretty pretty um, animated, uh, that he will be opposed to anything related to climate change or stopping uh, fossil fuels and became pretty forceful about the fact that, hey, man, we kind of know what we're doing up here. Beth Ross then reminded uh, the, the individual that they have seen grants before and that grants will benefit the city's citizens in Hernando, all the ones that they've done before, and that the board could come to him if they have any questions because of his environmental expertise if they needed to. And, and what they, so he's, know, a, he's an expert. He, he's He's an environmental expert. He called himself that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He called himself that. He said that he said he recommended several books, Matt, that you could read okay. uh, if you wanted to see why climate change is a hoax, and said that um, you know so they they were experts, and uh, he also could be considered an expert in his field. Interesting. A motion was made to uh, to table this to table the motion. Hey, or, what would you give me something you would say you're an expert in? Literally nothing. <laughs> I would never say that I'm an expert in anything. Yeah, we could say we're an expert in like maybe we're an expert. Nothing. Nothing. I'm not an expert in anything. No. I'm no. not. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever said the words, I'm an expert in something. No, never. Never. <laughs> I, I don't even know how many degrees you would have to have to call yourself an expert. Expert. Wow. That's 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 strong. It's, it's very strong. That's strong. It's very I'm strong. An, hey, I'm an expert in screwing up. I'm good at that. Okay. I, I, you know what I'm an expert in? I'm an expert knowing that I don't know everything. There you go. That's there a good go. one. Hey, does that, does that count? That's I'm a good one. Okay, there we go. But so it was a, a motion was made to table this to the next meeting to make sure they have, you know, that they read it again, uh, and but they do have to ha- let Shelby County know by the end of May. So the next meeting would be the time that they have to say yes or no so to allow the mayor. They to still sign. did not vote. They did not vote on it. Wow. They tabled it until the next meeting. So we will be talking about this uh, in about two okay, weeks. Okay, but again, this is simply to get together and be a part at or have a seat at the table to discuss money that could come our way, possibly five dollars, fifty grand that but we would have to matter. apply for right. and have and submit our plan for, and then Shelby County, Olive Branch, South Haven, Horn Lake, Senatobia, Tunica, all these people that would be that have signed on right, to be sure. would have to vote in the majority to allow us to have. Right, exactly. Or, or, or to We're actually submit. a long submit, way to from. Submit. Yeah, yeah, so far. Yeah. That's a long way. Gotcha. Uh, the next thing was something that was added to the agenda that I did not have. I printed my agenda off on Friday. Uh, this was not part of the, agenda, the Friday agenda. It became part of the agenda. The uh, police station must have had some issues with HVAC system. Because of that, they're having to replace it. Um, there was a, a, a bid process put out. Uh, the bids came back. Eldridge Services was the only one that bid. The bid was for three hundred twenty-eight thousand, with a possibility to save nine thousand dollars. That they're going to have to do. They're going to have to replace the air conditions, and all the the condensers. Everything has to go in. So just a, a you know something that you really don't want to plan for, but it happens. Because of that, they are now going to postpone doing the Sally Port this year. I think the Sally Port was around 
330, 350 is what they budgeted. Right. So they agreed to take that all. So basically, they're just replacing this with that. So right. it's, it's a budget replacement. Uh, so there's no new money, no additional money out by the city. They're just now going to have to, in the budgeting process in July and August, maybe look at talking about the Sally Port to start next year. Got it. Uh, so they approved uh, that. Time is of the essence, obviously, with summer coming up. Sure. This is something that had to be done. So that was approved uh, and that will be uh, start taking place here pretty soon. Next was uh, the approval for the Lane Central Well Company to provide information on a new water well at Bahalia Road and Getwell Road. So this we've talked about this before. This is that 80-acre potential mixed-use development going from Bahalia all the way up to 269, bordering along Getwell uh, on the west side. The developer there has offered the city, I think it was a couple acres, to put a water well, a whole water plant right there. Correct. And so the first thing they have to do, of course, is to get it tested out. So the new site is chosen. The developers now show it on the master plan that this little part's going to be carved out for a water well. Uh, but they, they have to test the site. So the Lane Central would do a two-inch hole, drill down to 500 feet to test the sand, and then make sure there's not too much iron or other minerals to, for it to be able to be drinking water. They would d- then design the well based on that information. And then if it's a good site, the city would then have to take deed of the land. So it's kind of a, obviously a kind of a lengthy project. This is the first part in a several step process. Uh, so there was, you know, the, the city engineer, which is looking for the go ahead to start this. If this is done, if the sand test out, if it's good water down there, then this would eventually serve water uh, all, part of the Madison Lakes, the eastern part of Madison Lakes, mm-hmm. all the way up to 269, and then of course all the neighborhoods around the Bahalia and Getwell Road area. Right. So it could be a pretty, I mean, a pretty Big important, deal. yeah, yeah. water well for that area. So that process has started. They did approve that. So be looking for that boring to take place pretty soon. And in the next five years, that area, as you just mentioned, will probably be developed mm-hmm. and potentially annexed by the city of Fernando. The land has already the been. Is, remember the. the, the the current owner asked for it to be annexed. That's right, yes. So it was there was no – we didn't have to wait and see or do other stuff. The city went ahead and took it in. So it is now owned – The it's it's annexed by the city or it's in the city limits. Not not owned by the city, obviously. It's in the city limits uh, of Hernando, and so they'll move forward with the uh, – whenever they start bringing the plans. It doesn't have to go to the county. It'll come to the city for approval. Right, that's going to be Getwell Road, west Correct. of Getwell Road. Correct. So 269 to Bahalia, west of, of Getwell Road. That's what we're talking about. That's it. All right, next is what you mentioned at the beginning. And this is a very huge, another, this is the second time I mentioned this, a historical day it is, yes. for the city of Hernando. So this was a discussion and approval to purchase the Civic Center property and authorize the mayor to sign any related documents. So the board was sent a contract, oh, they've been sent a contract, I, I believe back around December, for $790,000 to purchase the Civic Center fields. Now, this is a 49-acre tract, but the city would be buying 39 acres with part of this agreement, giving 10 acres back to the Saddle Club. The Saddle Club, of course, for the longest time, I think the other two clubs would have probably been for a little while already. You know, We don't go out there anymore. We built this 40 years ago, 45 years ago, but we haven't had a lot to do hands-on lately, probably for several years. Um, you know, they would have much rather the city take over it, you know, probably maybe a decade or two ago. Uh, but the Saddle Club, of course, was very worried. That's the only Saddle Club in DeSoto County uh, of, of that nature. And so they were very, you know, they, they would lose this or they'd be pushed out. So they were always very protective and never would agree to sign their part of selling the property. Well, they worked out an agreement. So the Saddle Club is going to keep 10 acres. It's going to move them to the southern part of that property. They're going to put a road at the southern end of that property that's going to have, uh, go back to the back, and they're going to be able to, to construct a new facility once the city starts making improvements. Now, that's so they're not- going to take away the current rink, the t- current horse rink, 
And it'll move. Yes, as it'll part move. of the agreement. So this is how it splits out. So $790,000 is the contract. 330000 would go to the Rotary Club. 330000 would go to the Lions Club. And then 130000 in cash plus the 10 acres would go to the Saddle Club. Okay. So, But nothing has to happen with the Saddle Club until the city decides to make a very large investment. So if the city said, okay, we're ready to spend a million dollars doing a new ball field, right. you know, then they have to immediately pay the 130000 to the Saddle Club and have the road put in. Now, the county has agreed. This, was, this really was what put, kind of pushed it to the, uh, to, the clo- to, I guess, to the part of having it approved. The county agreed to put a roadbed, not an asphalted road, but a, a gravel road, a roadbed down for them at such time that the city is ready to make major improvements. Okay. And so that's when, that's when you really would see the, uh, maybe the, civics, the uh, current saddle club torn down or the arena and then starting a new one a little further south and with the road connecting that. So basically, if you kind of think about it where the uh, adult field is now, the, the large baseball field, that would probably go away in some form or fashion. The saddle club would shift more right. further south, and then the uh, the road would come in straight in from there. Okay. That's not going to take place now yeah. because the city does not have any money <laughs> to make major improvements. But what they did was they kind of talked about – so Beth Ross then wanted to verify – you know they could pay off it early, so that this is the terms of the deal: seven hundred ninety thousand dollars over twenty years at three percent. It would be paid monthly again to the clubs uh, until such time as they would, you know, uh, make a major improvement. Then the saddle club would be paid off. The Rotary Club and the Lions Club would continue continue being paid monthly, which roughly comes out to about eighteen hundred a month for those clubs for the next twenty years. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's I mean, three percent, eight hundred thousand, give or take. Three percent in today's thing. We're going to talk more about that in just a second. Um, that's so eighteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. I mean, that's the clubs can use that. You know, that, that's a, that's a good take. Right. Sure. Uh, every year, uh, Beth Ross wanted to cert- verify that they could pay it off early without a prepayment penalty, and the clubs have agreed. Yeah, I mean, if you, they would probably rather have the money now. Right, so if sure. you want to pay them off early, that's not a problem. Uh, the clubs would be okay with that. Alderwoman Lynch then asked when the payments would start. The mayor would request that the first payment not be until November first, so they could budget it. They don't have it in the current budget. The year starts October 1st, their first payment being a month after that. And he will verify that the clubs would be okay not charging interest until October 1st. In other words, we're not charging interest over the next four or five months just because because they're not making any payments yet. I don't see the clubs not agreeing to that. The mayor wants to, to be paid monthly. Alderwoman Ross said she liked that, and the other loans are paying off. So this could be absorbed into the new budget. Alderman Miller came up with something that I really enjoyed and I had to watch it two or three times because it made me laugh and I want to make sure I said this right. So he said they have been discussing this for year, for years and they are now on the one yard line, Matt. Yes. They can either take the ball and score or else lose the game. He then alluded to the Seattle Seahawks decision to pass oh my God. instead of just are we handing doing... the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He said to give it to the running back, cross the goal line and win the game for our children and the children that are coming. All the clubs are filing an agreement, he said, and they have to take advantage of this opportunity. This cost is not too high for the city or the recreation program, and it is time to move forward. And he said that he closed by saying the citizens have said they want this, and the board will give the ball to the running back, and they will win with a touchdown. That's aggressive. This is this is when he started calling out Pete Carroll's call oh there on the, on the goal line there. Marshawn I, I, Lynch. I just got really, really we're made being me compared excited. to Marshawn Lynch. That's it, what we're doing. Hey, wait, 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 look, give it to Marshawn Lynch. Let's let's uh, let's get the parks. Uh, uh, well, I mean, considering <laughs> there, considering there's been a lot of times where the city, you know, threw the ball. 
and got it definitely, intercepted. Definitely fumbled it or yeah, threw it. Definitely right. did something. Definitely they, hey, you know what? They 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 completed a nine yard pass and needed ten. Yeah, that's it. That's there it. you go. That's it. I like <laughs> and it. most people know <laughs> the Titans reaching for the it. one yard line. Right there. They, oh, they got to nine. So close. They got to nine yards and the ten. <sighs> it's just it's one good enough. You know, well, ten, ten yards is ten, too much. Ten is too much. Ten yards. I mean, is too we just much. we just don't want that first right. ten or touchdown. Had you gotten the ten. Mm. You would be able to buy this field a lot easier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, it would be. A we wouldn't lot, even be talking about this. Yeah, field. this discussion would be a lot larger yeah. than this. But hey, right Tim then. was too much. It, it was just it, too, it's much, too greedy. It's, it's too just, greedy. It's way too greedy. For real. And then Alderwoman Lynch wanted to make sure to let the citizens know that the clubs have agreed, and I do have a copy of the agreement. It is in here that all money received by the clubs would be reinvested back into projects in and around Hernando by the Rotary and the Lions Club. So any missions, anything, it could be right. scholarships, it could be stuff done around town. And then, of course, the Saddle Club would be putting their money back into Hernando because they're going to be putting it right back into the same park. The city would, has agreed to do the surveys and pay for them, and the mayor wanted the authorization to do that as part of any motion that would be made. Alderman Wicker wanted it known that the county has agreed to put in the new roadbed, which I mentioned. And then uh, Alderman Wicker made the motion to purchase and to survey the property to make the payment starting on November 1st and asking for a no prepayment penalty. Alderman Robertson seconded it, and the vote was unanimous. Let's go. Derek, you and I are almost three years into the UTW podcast. It seems like we have talked about parks and baseball fields and stuff for numerous times. We've been a part of a men's organization who has tried to help uh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, uh, you know, started those things. Man, let's go. This is, I, a, this, this is the biggest decision parks-related except for – Last November, did I tell you about last November? What didn't happen? Well, did, anyway, did, but did this it not is a big happen thing. on the ninth or the tenth? I can't remember. What it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. I don't know, but I'll, I mean, I don't know. Well, Derek, I do. I do know this. If if it happened on the ninth, my meal was a lot cheaper on the tenth. Oh, it was, oh, yeah. my oh, meal was. Yeah. A, I was so happy because the nine percent, my my nine percent tax was one thing, but thank goodness it wasn't that ten percent because my meal was. I mean. It was way cheaper. Yeah. It was way cheaper. Yeah. So this is a really big deal. I'm excited about it. Again, my kids are past the ages of that. I mean, Evelyn doesn't play softball or play out there, but I do know a number of you know generations to come. We have talked about the excuse has been, well, the city doesn't own the fields. The city doesn't own the park. It's over. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Well, Let's go. and then, Matt, taking that, the very next line item was a discussion on restroom repairs at the Civic Center ballparks. Yep. Uh, Alder Miller led the discussion about how bad the two restrooms are out there. He said he would uh, tell them how to spend city money. So he's going to tell the board how to spend city money without being out of compliance before November 1st. So now that they had just voted this, they will now own it or start being able to make repairs to it October 1st with the first payment due November 1st. But we got to do stuff now. The, he said they could use donated money with the help of labor to start working on the current bathrooms. But while that is being done... He said that he wants to bring in porta potties uh, as the upgrades are made, two males and two females. Another option he said would be bring in portable trailers out there to you know for the for the restrooms. The city funds could be used for the porta potties or the trailers because it is not a permanent fixture on the fields. The cost for the two for a two stall trailer uh, is eight hundred dollars a month, and a three stall trailer is twelve hundred dollars a month. Alderman Miller said to lock up the current bathrooms. So as part of this deal, they would lock up the current bathrooms as they are to, and to go ahead and start you know, talking about who they're going to get to work on those and to rent the three-stall trailer for the rest of the, the, the summer. These would, go, uh, these would be to go on the south side of the fields behind the concession stands. Again, on the south side of the road behind the concession stands. These could be put in by this weekend, which go ahead and help the citizens and the families. And then, of course, the company, not the city, 
would be responsible for cleaning it. Every time they called them out there, hey, when it gets bad, you need to come clean this police force. And that's part of the $1,200 a month agreement. Alderwoman Ross mentioned a piece of land called Bouchelon Park that the city owns that is about an acre off of Bahelia Road next to the, our wonderful sponsor, DFTC, that could be sold and the proceeds used to fix the bathroom at the ball fields when the city owns them. Now, this man, if you know what that is, Bouchelon Park, you know that ball field that is kind of to the if you're staring at DFDC to the right of it, kind of offset in the woods next to the interstate, that is Bushelon Park. It is owned by the city. It's a one-acre tract, um, and so the mayor is going to kind of look into are there any uh, stipulations on selling that, any issues. If not, he may have that on the agenda next week to maybe list that to sell. Uh, a developer said, yeah, you could get a, a, one, a house on that one acre right there. You could even maybe split it up into two. So the city could possibly sell that off, use those funds to fix the bathroom uh, in at the Civic Center sometime after October 1st. So all that could happen. He'll look into that. So the motion was made uh, to, uh, again, do a three-stall hotty-totty potty okay. uh, at the south side of the ball field at $1,200 a month, passed unanimously. Sure. So already starting to you know, make improvements down there. there. Again, temporarily. Temporarily. But uh, already starting to really put their focus down there and because that's what the citizens want. The last two things on the agenda. The first yeah, – Real quick, before yeah. we move too far, there's going to be a lot of people, Derek, that listen, listen to our show or listen, you know, or – hear our voices at some point a lot of the same people that said and complained and griped about the ballparks mm -hmm. they're gonna be the same people that said oh my god i can't believe we bought those things or we wasted our money or stuff like that you can't have it both ways it's unbelievable yeah it's unbelievable seriously there are there are folks out there that as the wind blows is the is the direction they're going to complain about i mean it's, it's tremendous they never could anything right now they can do something there's no way i mean you could say well, you know, they're too far gone or it's too late or whatever. It's too late for whom? People are moving here right. every day. Right. And not only that, but, you know, judge them in five or ten years as to what has been done. You can't judge them today. Today they just they just sign or, or in the process of signing an agreement to get it done. You, you can't judge them November 1st. That's just when the first payment's due. You have to give them five or ten years to be able to, okay, well, how much money can we set aside for the parking lot to pay? How much money can we set? Let's repair these two backstops this year. Let's improve this lighting next year. I mean, that's a lot of stuff they're going to have to look at. And, okay, 10 years from now, if they look just like they look today, then yes, I would agree. Problem, that probably man. was a waste. And there was a, a, you know, a lot of waste of time and a lot of hot air. But, man, that's, that's, that's a decade down the road. And I'm just going to make a prediction. Uh, they're never going to look like Snowden Grove. Ever. No. No matter what, it's no. not going to happen. I, if the bond issue would have passed, they were going to look like Correct, Snowden exactly. Grove. Correct, exactly. We don't talk about that around here. We I'm never sorry. bring that I'm up. So Do sorry. not I'm bring so that sorry. up. Well, I don't want you. Ever, don't ever say it again. If, if, you can if, bring it up if, nine times, but not ten. If, if, the, if we had unlimited money Correct. based on yes. something that could have happened last November, yes. um, they, would, uh, they would not look like Snowden Grove. Right. Because so, so don't even compare it. Don't even yeah. sit there. Don't even hit Hernando Happenings and complain about but all that different could stuff. Could we eventually host regional rec tournaments? Sure. Why not? Why not? Why couldn't we? So we'll see what happens. But, I, again, I'm excited about it, and, yeah, and we'll be deal. looking for better restrooms uh, over the next few weekends as the summer season comes to a close. Excuse me, as the spring season comes to a close. Uh, last couple things. Uh, there was an MOU signed with the DeSoto County. Uh, they are having to purchase a little bit of the or, or take a little bit of land from the city of Hernando at Star Landing Road at the northern border of the city because they're going to five lane that road to the new armory and that whole new development that they're doing up there. So they got to take a little bit of the city land. Of course, the city's like absolutely because it just makes North Hernando that much better. And then the last one was a discussion of the partnership with the DeSoto County Schools regarding Mackinville Road traffic control, etc. Everybody, please, please listen to this. You know, if, if you're like ballpark, I don't care, I don't have kids, or ballpark, you know, as Matt said, be negative about it, that's fine. This is something you need to listen to. 
The schools have met with the mayor, with Lee, and with Joe Frank Lauderdale. The schools will have to build up their site. This is for the new high school. Uh, the ball fields, all the athletic fields are going to be on the southern end of the site. They're going to have to build up their site on the southern end to start putting those fields in and start getting all that stuff done. I could not believe this. I had to listen to it twice. There will be 200 trucks a, of dirt a day wow. for a period of two months coming to that site to build that property up high enough to put in these fields. Oh, my gosh. I mean, 200 trucks a day times... 60 days? 60 days. That's a lot of trucks. That's a lot of that's a lot of trucks, a lot of dirt. Yeah, the city is uh, is waiting of course the the this came up because the city's trying to get Mackinville Road paved. Right? Right. We have the money from the uh the MPO from the the city of I guess the whole city of Memphis, the whole area to be able to do this. These trucks are about to absolutely destroy sure I mean, it's bad already but every those 200 trucks a day coming up there are just going to grind that asphalt down to basically unusable and so the city is going to use barrels to make a lane just for the trucks and this is going to start in about a week and a half just for the trucks it's going to be in the right lane so when they're getting off so they're coming from water is where the dirt's coming from right, water sure. road on 269 going to go get off the exit at McInvale, go north stay in the right lane the mayor has asked them to Im- immediately enter the property as soon as they can when they cross hurricane creek and then, so they don't go too far north on McInville Road and tear even more of it up. In the meantime, the city has agreed to purchase the rock and the labor as the road is really torn up. Right, sure. They go throw some rocks on it, you know, one week. They do it some more, go throw some more rock on it. They're going to do that throughout the process. The city is going to, uh, again, this will start about a week and a half. The city will share on social media and let the neighborhood to the north know that it is coming. And then everybody else in the city, including me and you, on the next water bill. Uh, so, again, it won't be until June 1st. But when that comes out, if you have, don't already know about it, it will talk about in there that, hey, look, if you're going north on McInvale trying to get to Pleasant Hill Road, trying to go either to the interstate or go to Getwell, understand it's going to be down to one lane going north, and there may be – Tons of dump trucks coming through with dirt, uh, trying to get that site up, however many feet that is, with that many trucks uh, over the next couple months. You know, Derek, I'm a road expert. Are you? Oh, you are. <laughs> Go back to okay. what we were talking about earlier. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a hot mess. It's going to be a mess for a while. Those those, those trucks are tough. Man, I, I'll, it's I'm, constant. It's going to be tough. Let's just hope that tough. we get a rain every third or fourth day because if Man. not, I mean, what an absolute dust bowl. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be. That's the thing about the Hernando High School, the new school. So excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Whew, man, I can't wait for it to be here. But the getting to this point, though, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's going to be bad. Things. But, I mean, come August 2025, oh. we're all going to be proud of it, breaking ground. I mean, there will be pictures and oh, all, It's everything. going to be I mean, awesome. Be I mean, it really is. It's going, to be the, it's going to be the nicest high school ever built by DeSoto County Schools. It's going to be really pretty. Can't wait. But, uh, I mean, you got to go through these things to, to get that's there. It's growing so, pains. growing pains. Yeah, growing pains. A lot of different stuff to get there. So, thank you to all those that had to be involved uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Thank you for being there, the Board of Aldermen, the Mayor, City attorney, uh, engineer, everybody that has to be there on the first and third Tuesday just to be available for questions and discussions and talk. And uh, we really appreciate you doing city business. And, uh, you know, it's a really big day in the city of Fernando moving forward with the uh, the purchase of the ball fields. It's been talked about for a long, long time. Well, Derek, if, if people are worried about buying something or into buying something, I've been hearing a lot lately that people with better credit are going to be covering and, and footing the bill for people with worse credit. 
you simply have, hey, I've got an article that's going to tell you that's not the case. Uh, bear with us a little bit. Sometimes these little banking things can kind of get a little quirky. Tell us about that as best you can, Derek. There's a lot of misinformation out there about, uh, I've had at least three or four people come up to me and say, hey, tell me the truth. I mean, uh, so if I have a good credit score now, I've got to subsidize people with poor credit scores to allow them to buy a house. That's not right. That seems unfair. What is this? And I had to, you know, at first I, I had not heard it, I guess. I guess I was one of the later ones to hear it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Finally researched it. This is from bank rate. Okay. So I'm not, this is not from any uh, uh, news affiliation. This is not, this is basically from bank rate. This is the article I got. This is as of this past Friday, April 28th is when this came out. I'm going to read this to you to make sure, no, if you have better credit scores, you are not paying more than people who have worse credit scores than you. Okay. I just want to say that straight out. That is not happening. Not true. Not true. All right, so I'm, I'm reading from the bank rate again. Friday, April 28th article, if you want to look this up. Higher credit score borrowers are not being charged more so that lower credit score borrowers can pay less. The updated fees, as was true of the prior fees, generally increase as credit scores decrease for any given level of down payment. So starting on May 1st, a new schedule of upfront fees applies to mortgages backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So again, it has to be backed by those, those two agencies. The new fees will increase cost to borrowers overall by 0.04 percentage points, according to the FHA. Uh, FA. That means a borrower who would have paid 6.5% APR would now pay 6.54% APR. So again, they slice and dice it, of course, as so many scenarios based on what your score is, income level, uh, all that kind of stuff, how much you're putting down, um, how much you're trying to purchase, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to give you an example, two examples they gave, again, very briefly. If you have a credit score of 640 to 659, that would be considered average to slightly less than average, 75% uh, to 80% of the home's value, you would pay a fee equal to 2.25% of the loan balance. Before this change, that would have been 3%. So that borrower now, yes, they say they have not very good credit score or maybe an average credit score. They are paying 30, 75 basis points less than they would have before. Now, a borrower with a higher credit score, so let's say 750, would have paid a fee of 0.5%. Again, before they would have paid 0.5% and the lower credit score borrower would have paid 3%, so a 2.5% spread. Uh, under the new rules, that one that's the, the good, the one at 750, instead of paying 0.5%, they're going to pay 0.875%. So again, not over the two and a quarter that the poor credit score person is. So yes, the the spread between the two have narrowed, but that you are not paying more for them to you know, pay more than them to allow them to buy a house. The spread between the two has narrowed. So the takeaway, the borrower with a strong credit score still pays less in fees compared to the borrower with a fair credit score. The reward for stellar credit has narrowed, but it's still obviously there. It's just gone from about what two and three quarters or two and a quarter uh, down to about one and th uh, seven, one and five eighths or one to seven eighths. So, you know, that's what it means. So <laughs> credit scores are still good. You still want to have the credit scores. So you may say, okay, then why did this happen? Uh, they happened because they're trying to shore up uh, the losses still from 2008. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac still having issues. So they're trying to gain a little more in fees overall. They're also trying to help. They are trying to help lower uh, people that with lower credit scores who typically seem to be minorities uh, and, and other people who may have been maybe you know lower in the income range because 
they are, you know, there is a, a housing issue that, that I think everybody says rents have gone up, mortgages have gone up because of the interest rate. They're trying to get any relief they can to help those people on the margins trying to afford even a starter home. So there was that's the purpose for it. But if anybody tells you you're paying more than they are to subsidize them, it's not true. They just narrowed the gap, but you're still paying less if you have that 725, 730 or above credit score than people that are under 700. So please don't let anybody tell you differently. Thanks for the info, Dick. Of course, you and I the podcast stars that we are and uh we just pay cash for our houses that's just what we do <laughs> yeah, we pay cash for our houses i pay i pay cash every month right. it's just I'm, taking a long, long yeah time well, i mean that that mass that massive desoto family dental care uh you know plug we're about to give we just started paying cash for our houses and rental homes and stuff like that a <laughs> lot of information there um you're gonna hear a lot about that kind of stuff and trust me that'll, that'll probably be you know some talking points for both sides and different things but uh just go educate yourself you can google that take a look at it and see if it's true or not true so Derek, just wanted to share that because he's had four or five people mention it to him from a banking standpoint they've asked him those questions well Derek, before we do move on and talk about the official dentist of the utw podcast and that wonderful company that they are before we move on tell us today speaking of banking Fed rates did rise again. Most of our listeners would want to know that. Tell us about it. Well, again, uh, as I mentioned, if you have a better credit, then you will still be paying less than those with worse credit. The Fed made a decision day where if you do have a loan of anything tied to Prime, everybody's going to be paying yes. higher rates. Everybody will. Uh, so the Fed did raise rates today uh, at 1 p.m. It came in. The Fed fund rates went from five to five and a quarter. Therefore, Prime uh, tomorrow, you will see it posted. Uh, at eight and a quarter, so it's always, you, well, not always, 99% of the time or, or almost all the time, it is 3% above the Fed funds rate. That is the spread that the banks make in order to operate. And so, yeah, so if, you're, if your home equity is tied to prime, uh, it will be going up a quarter tomorrow. If anything else that you have is tied to prime, your credit cards, it'll be going up tomorrow. All those rates will be increasing tomorrow once the, the uh, banks make the changes based on what the Fed has done today. They did put forward, uh, I guess, forward talking statements saying that usually it's like, well, no, we're going to watch inflation. They did kind of mention that. This is the first time, though, it looks like there could be a pause. Their next meeting is June 14th. Uh, I would say it's 50-50 or better that they don't do anything on June the 14th. I think the market ex- hopefully or expect, I think if, if something, if they were to raise it again, the market's not, is kind of stagnated over the last couple months. It would, it would definitely fall if that happens. So I really think that everybody hopes there's a pause. We've been There's been some softening. Uh, I think we've seen the unemployment number has gone up a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of, of, of news coming out. Inflation has fallen every month, you know, this entire year, every month this year. So just kind of be watching those numbers. Uh, but, yes, if, if you have a, anything tied to prime, credit cards, home equities, if you're looking for a new car tomorrow, uh, anything like that, the rates will be going up. So uh, I encourage you to kind of watch that, uh, make those decisions. Um, and maybe you'll see uh, banks tick up on their city rates a little bit. Uh, I know that uh, you know we're pushing a special right now that already kind of factored into that. Uh, so other banks may be doing that too. So just a lot of stuff going on right now. But I wanted to make you aware uh, when you're listening to this, this on a Thursday, the prime will be eight and a quarter uh, as of today. A lot of information. Again, the last uh, five or ten minutes, what Derek talked about with your credit scores, federal rates, all that kind of stuff. Between Star Wars and federal rates, let's hope we have any listeners left. Okay. <laughs> Most of the women have turned it off, but let's hope they'll come back and uh, maybe listen to the rest of the show at this part. Here's the part in our show where we talk about our wonderful sponsor, our longtime sponsor, one of the most popular dentists in the area and dental practices in the area, the official dentist of the UTW podcast, DeSoto Family Dental Care. 
That's right, Matt. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Middle of our weekly show brings us to the Under the Water Tower shout-outs, just an opportunity to shine a light on nonprofits, different things that are happening inside the city of Fernando. If you have a nonprofit or have an event coming up, you'll see what we talk about in just a moment, and you'd like more information uh, you know, passed out there or, or spoken over our, our airwaves, please email us, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Well, Derek, it's time to welcome back the DeSoto Arts Council to our Under the Water Tower shout-outs as they kick off the new season of First Friday Back Porch Party. Tell us about that coming up on this Friday. That's right. It's this Friday, First Friday Back Porch Party. starts off in May, goes uh, all the way through October, the first Friday of every month from May to October. First one is this Friday. So, again, if you're listening on Thursday, it's tomorrow night. If you're listening on Friday, get prepared to go tonight. It looks like it could be raining. Uh, there is a possibility of that. Uh, they will still try to have it if it's raining. A lot of it could be held inside. Uh, of course, the uh, in, there is a covered patio-type uh, area uh, on the back porch. But hopefully the rain will hold off, or if it doesn't hold off, hopefully it will stop by 7 p.m. It is from 7 to 9 p.m. They will have libations. Uh, they'll have drinks. If you're a member, you get your first uh, drink uh, is, is included. Uh, there'll also be kind of uh, snack foods, pickup foods, hors d'oeuvres around. And uh, Kylie at the Arts Council does a wonderful, wonderful job setting those up uh, and then also being a, just a wonderful hostess uh, for that event. So, again, this Friday is the first one of the season from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Arts Council on Highway 51, just north of the square. Then this coming Saturday, Derek, we have uh, something we, you and I were just talking about. A really, really nice lady came and spoke with us at our last Crew of Fernando uh, meeting. Uh, spoke to us about she's the lady who runs the Foundation for Hernando Parks and Recreation. It used to be Friends of Hernando Soccer, Friends of Hernando Baseball, Friends of Hernando fill-in-the-blank. It was everything. And they combined it into one large foundation, which is the Foundation for Hernando Parks and Recreation. This coming Saturday at the Hernando National Guard Armory, they will be presenting a Back to the 90s Bash. Back to the 90s bash. It'll be taking place at 7 o'clock. Doors open at 7. $60 per person. Must be 21 and up. So 21 and up, $60 per person at the National Guard Armory. Free food, two drink tickets per person. 90s attire is encouraged. So, I mean, let's look at it. It's If you grew up in the 90s, if you're a 90s kid, there's going to be 90s DJ. It's going to be all that kind of different stuff. Something that raises money for the city of Fernando. The crew of Fernando did a $500 donation to that, Derek. I don't mind saying that on our airwaves. And uh, something to help, um, you know, help her and help the city. I know the, the, the other night we when she talked to us about the number of things going on and working on, uh, she works very hard. She does. She's doing this by herself. Yes. She's, work, she's working very hard. Please, if you would, go to the Facebook page for the Foundation for Hernando Parks and Recreation. Like that page. Follow that page. Help her. Just, you know, a lot of different things going on uh, that she's doing seems to be all by herself. And um, she's not going to go out there and, and publicly beg um, the way that she might would want to. 
But, uh, man, I mean, she needs the help. Again, one way to help this coming Saturday night, 7 o'clock, May 6th, at the Hernando National Guard Armory. If you're a child of the 90s, maybe something you thoroughly enjoy, go look at it on their Facebook page for more ideas, maybe what you want to wear, all that kind of stuff. So really looking forward to that this coming Saturday, May 6th. And then, Derek, throughout the day on May 6th, not just during the night, but definitely during the, the, during uh, the morning. During the morning. Okay, during the morning. We've done this now for our third straight year of the, the Soto County Day of, let's just call it trash pickup, <laughs> trash. I mean, it's, it's hazardous, op- waste day. hazardous waste day there in DeSoto County. Tell us all about that this coming Saturday. If you're looking for a place to take, man, just a number of different things. Tell yeah. us about it. So this is the Household Hazardous Waste Day and Waste Tire Recycle. It will be this Saturday, as Matt mentioned, from 8 to noon, 8 a.m. to noon, at the Lander Center. So this is by the DeSoto County Environmental Services. They're offering a safe way for residents to dispose of items classified as hazardous household waste. This is stuff that does not need to end up in a landfill because it can hurt the uh, the you know long term, get into the water systems, that sort of thing. So here are the acceptable items that can be brought to the Lander Center Saturday morning from 8 to noon. LED bulbs, pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, acids, aerosol cans, chlorine bleach, flammable liquids, motor oil, antifreeze car batteries, lighter fluid, all paints, poisons, and pool chemicals. Uh, They also will accept, again, the tires. However, you cannot bring more than five tires. So basically, whatever would be on your car, pressure spare, that's all you can bring. Uh, They don't want people dumping hundreds of tires there. These are the things, though, they do not want you to bring. Again, everything I just mentioned, please bring up to five tires. Here are the things you cannot bring. Explosive materials, radioactive materials, PCBs, medical waste, syringes, waste from businesses, so this has to be all household, residential households, compressed cylinders, and any commercial waste. So those will not be accepted this Saturday. So if you're in your attic, if you've got leftover paint from when you painted your house a while back, if you've got leftover pesticides from trying to get your yard back into shape, uh, if you have anything like that, old light bulbs, if you're switching all the LEDs, anything like that, uh, poisons, um, please, please, please don't throw those in your regular trash can. Bring those Saturday morning, 8 to noon, to the Lander Center. And then, Derek, we won't talk too much about it, but just don't forget it. We're going to continue to mention it right up until the weekend of Saturday, May 20th, the A-Fair, the Hernando Optimist Club, the wonderful event. Uh, last year, over 10,000 people um, were part of the A-Fair. Great event in DeSoto County. I mean, it's a countywide thing. Number of people flood to Hernando during the A-Fair. Saturday, May 20th, that kicks off really early in the morning. Uh, let's say, you know, 8 o'clock all the way, kind of all day long. The Hernando Farmers Market, which we're going to talk more about in just one second, um, they will not be participating that day of A-Fair. That takes over the entire square right. on that day, so they will not be having the farmer's market then. But uh, like, like I said, I'm going to mention the farmer's market here in just a second. Exciting news for the uh, the next uh, several months to work with them. Uh, glad to have them back as a sponsor. But A-Fair, Saturday, May 20th, wonderful event. Hopefully the weather, again, is Chamber of Commerce weather, uh, like, like we've been fortunate a couple times in the last couple of, couple of years. But uh, don't forget that coming up Saturday, May 20th. Speaking of, the Hernando Farmer's Market, so honored, privileged, glad excited etc to welcome them back to the utw podcast as a sponsor the hernando farmers market will be kicking off this saturday they are back they actually uh, kicked off last saturday but they're back starting each and every saturday coming up eight to one saturday mornings on the historic hernando square one of the best i've said this uh, a couple weeks ago i said i was at an event with gia Matheny where she was honored statewide as a um you know, really, I mean, I'll continue to say it. The pinnacle Awards? Pinnacle, pinnacle Awards, yes. Yeah. But that one of the best 
farmers markets in the entire state of Mississippi. They were uh, amazed at the table I was sitting at, at the amount of revenue that they do just one day a week, basically May 1st through October is going to be the Hernando farmers market. Gia is going to sit down with us sometime pretty soon, talk more about the farmers market, give us an interview when it comes to those different things. Uh, you know, just, but again, glad to welcome them back as an advertiser with the UTW podcast. Thank you, Gia Matheny and your staff for a wonderful team that works so hard on this award-winning farmers market. I think the best farmers market in the entire Mid-South, possibly in the state of Mississippi. Every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the historic Hernando Square. Please get out this weekend and begin to support every Saturday morning the Hernando Farmers Market. Yeah, man, that's right. I, I made it out there. I've made it out there the last two weeks. Of course, they kind of started with Earth Day, but it was kind of a lot going on. It was Earth Day slash Farmers Market slash uh, Arts Festival. And then last weekend, it was just done by themselves. Several more tents, wonderful items, meat, all kind of stuff. I always get my, my guacamole. I don't know, my, my guy from uh, comes down from Memphis, Las Deliciosas. I think I say it. I, I can't. <laughs> my Spanish is awful, but uh, he's a wonderful guy, and so I got that. Uh, the milk, eggs, that sort of thing. Uh, vegetables will be coming in as it gets warmer. Blueberries usually hit about mid June. Peaches also. So just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Really enjoyed it, uh, Matt. Another thing that uh, we enjoyed uh, since our last show: several opportunities to watch sports. Yes, a lot of stuff going on, especially uh, last night right here in Hernando. Right here in Hernando. A late, late game. You're going to talk to us more about that. The Tigers. Couldn't pull it out, but man, I could hear the I could hear the noise from from our house. Oh yeah, no, it was a very exciting game for sure. So we're gonna start as we always do uh, up north at North Point Stocker. Uh, the Trojan soccer team ended the regular season playing Christian Brothers High School and came away with a two-two tie. Since it was not a district game, the game could end in a tie, and the Trojans, who were playing their fifth game in ten days, had tired tired legs but were able to hang on uh, for that split. They ended the season 11-6, and six, not counting the preseason tournament, and 3-3 three and three in the district. The Trojans then found out their playoff fate that night, last Thursday night, and lost the tiebreaker and would have to travel to Jackson Christian uh, this past Tuesday night for the first round of the playoffs. This, on Tuesday night, the Trojans wasted little time scoring eight goals in the first half. How did the, the other team make the playoffs? They were the fourth seed on the other side, man. Wait, are you telling me USJ is that bad? This is Jackson Christian. Oh, okay, Jackson, Jackson Christian. Christian. Oh, my yeah. bad. Okay, this is Jackson Christian, uh, and the ninth girl early in the second half to skunk Jackson Christian nine nil. Goals were scored by Eli Bailey, who had three three goals by Miller Lashley, one goal by Charles Craig, one goal by Garrett Griffith, one goal by Roman Timms, and the final goal by Maverick Ray. The Trojans will now play Thursday night, so again tomorrow night or the, maybe tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday at Lausanne. If ever there was a time to beat the Lynx, it's now. Good luck to the Trojans as they play Thursday night. Next, North Point baseball. North Point scheduled four games in five days to stay tuned up for the playoffs that begins for them on Wednesday night, so tonight uh, of this week. In the first game on Thursday night, they defeated Kirby in three innings, 17-0. Cade Freeze had three hits. Hudson Brown had three hits, including a homer, and five RBIs as Sammy Chapman got the win. The next night, they played Bartlett who had beat them a couple weeks ago 3-1, to one, and they returned the favor to beat Bartlett 9-3. Sammy Chapman and Robbie Hayes had two hits, and Hudson Brown got the win going all seven innings with six Ks and a home run to help his calls. Next was Germantown, who the Trojans made short work of winning 15 to nothing in three innings, with Chapman and Brown again leading at the plate, both with home runs and four RBIs each. The fifth game scheduled for Monday was canceled by MUS, so the Trojans finally called an end to their regular season with a record of 24-3-1, 9-1 in district. 
They will now play USJ Wednesday night, so again, tonight, uh, in the first round of the regional playoffs, and will play win or lose tomorrow night, Thursday night, in the double elimination playoffs. And, and the way that ten- – and I should say this before I go next – Tennessee is really strange. This is the regional playoffs. So what this playoffs establishes is you have to come in the top three or four. So all these teams are now basically they've played seeding. North Point's the one seed. So now they're playing whoever the winner of the play-in game was from the four-five seed. So they're playing that. They're trying. You're trying to get the top three seeds from this three or four seeds from this district, and then it becomes a statewide tournament. So this is a regional tournament. If they, if they come in one through four, they will then qualify for the statewide tournament. Uh, so it's And that would, again, become double elimination again. So if they do lose one, they can still come in second or third, and then they're also to start over again once they entered the state tournament. It's a lot different than what Mississippi does. Moving down to Lewisburg softball. Lewisburg faced off against Tupelo in the second round of the playoffs and got a crucial game one win. The game was 4-4 after the first inning and would stay that way until the top of the eighth when the Lady Patriots finally broke it open with five runs to win 9-4. Emma Abrams got the win in the circle. The next night, Tupelo came to Lewisburg and the Lady Patriots had an easier time winning the game 2-8-0 and sweeping the series. Casey Raggett gave up four hits in the shutout. The Lady Patriots will now face off against either Hernando or Germantown in the third round you have to stay tuned to the Lady Tigers portion to see who they play. Lewisburg Baseball. Lewisburg finished their regular season and was waiting in round two of the playoffs to see who they would play. The Clinton Arrows came to the Berg Tuesday night for game one, and Clinton walked in the walk-off run. So, find that again. So, so, it was a walk-off win, but the way that they walked it off was the guy literally walked in because the bases were loaded, 1-1 tie, top, bottom of the seventh, and Clinton walks the batter in. Caden Baker goes the distance, giving up four hit and gets four Ks for the win. The Patriots will now travel to Clinton Thursday night to try and close it out. Now moving down to Lady Tigers softball. Hernando faced off against their new state rivals in Germantown and traveled down to Madison to face off against the Lady Mavericks. The Lady Tigers get the 8-3 win and the 1-0 start to the series. The next day, Germantown came to Hernando and Hernando started an 8th grader in the circle, and then a ninth grader came in for the save for an 8-6 victory and a 2-0 sweep of the series. Chalk up another win for the Tigers over the Mavericks. That win sets up an all-county showdown against tense rivals with Lewisburg and Hernando battling it to get to the North Half Finals. The first game will be in Hernando Friday night. Again, this Friday night at 6 p.m. Game two will be in Lewisburg at 6 p.m. Saturday night. And then game three, if necessary, will be back in Hernando Monday night. Now, this is, of course, all weather dependent. A great weekend to come out and cheer on your team, and you don't have to go far for any of the games. So, again, great, great matchup. Can't wait to see how that goes when we cover it next week. Probably the biggest rival right now in North Mississippi softball, these two teams. Oh, yeah, I would agree. And then finally, uh, on the, I guess on the actual on-the-field portions, Hernando baseball. Hernando did not have a game schedule before the playoffs, but they ended up picking up one at the last minute on Saturday to stay sharp for the playoffs. They faced off against a traditionally tough Arlington team and came away with a hard-fought 3-2 victory. Josh Pena had two hits and three RBIs to lead the Tigers at the plate. Then the games that mattered started Tuesday night with Hernando welcoming county rival DeSoto Central to Hernando for round two of the playoffs. DeSoto Central had defeated Tupelo in a close series where they won in their last at-bat in game one and then won game two, won nothing. 
This matchup was to start the week of excitement with county teams playing each other. Of course, again, Hernando played DeSoto Central in baseball, and then Hernando playing Lewisburg in softball. On Tuesday night, Hernando jumped out to a 3-0 lead, only to see DeSoto Central tied up 3-3. That is the way it would stay through the seventh inning and all the way to the top of the ninth when DeSoto Central scores three runs and closes out Hernando in the bottom half of the ninth to get the 6-3 win and take a 1-0 lead. Hernando will now travel Thursday all the way to South Haven for Game 2 to try to steal a game and force Game 3 back in Hernando on Saturday. So, let's go Tigers. Yeah, got no choice. Got to, got to win to, to stay alive. I mean, you're the number That's one it. seed. Got, got to win to stay alive. I know they were up 3 nothing, and, and uh, Wilson screwed me up. I said, hey, what's the score? He said, 3 uh, nothing. uh I thought it said Jags, but anyway, uh, so I was confused. I thought we were trailing and then came back, but instead we were leading, and then the Jaguars came back. But uh, go extra innings, well past 10 o'clock last night, and just couldn't get it done. So, uh, you know, wish them nothing but the best on Thursday, of course, to see about, you know, getting back. I mean, every, getting back to Hernando. Uh, yeah, it's elimination it. time right now. So hopefully those guys, you know, some of those kids, uh, I don't know. It just, you'd, you'd hate to see them come this far and be the number one seed right there. I, I, you know, I could see a third round exit and then uh, second round, I, I think, is a little too early. Yeah, and this and DeSoto Central again came in second in their district. Right. So this is a team that is beatable. Uh, and I think that did they I think they played this year? Yeah, they've probably played this I year. I think they've played this year. I think Hernando beat them this year right. already. So yeah. again, it can be done. So looking forward hopefully to uh, talking about two more games for the Tigers next week. And then finally I want to go ahead and mention this. We had a couple of uh, lists named, a couple of uh, all star or all county uh lists that were that came out since our last show. This week it was the region two 6A's turn to release their all-district team. And for Lewisburg, Emma Abrams, Kara Walker, Leah Walker, and Avery Williams made the first team Region 2 6A. And Ed, Anna Etter was named to the second team. So we want to say congratulations to those ladies on being named to the all-region team. And then after that, the next day, the all-county softball team was named. Matt, this is everybody in the county, which you know is an extremely strong team. Absolutely. DeSoto County has a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, just softball tradition. So here are those, again, only for the schools that we cover. For pitcher, first team, Emma Abrams of Lewisburg. Second team, Kate Johnson of Hernando. For catcher, first team, Leona Claire Stokes of Lewisburg. First base, first team, Olivia Higginbotham for Hernando. Second team, Anna Etter for Lewisburg. Second base, first team, Callie Desmond from Hernando. Honorable mention, Kara Walker for Lewisburg. Shortstop, first team, Aubrey Williams of Lewisburg. Honorable mention, Jayla Seitz of Hernando. Third base, first team, Leah Walker of Lewisburg. Second team, Hayden Hodge, Hernando. Outfield, first team, Avery Taylor of Hernando, Allie Agner of Hernando, and Madeline Savage of Lewisburg. Honorable mention, Avery Williams of Lewisburg, and Caitlin Kirkpatrick for Hernando. Uh, neither team, surprisingly, since basically every other position was held by either Lewisburg, Hernando, or both, yeah. only one they did not have was a designated hitter, a uh, utility player. And there was neither one of those was from uh, Hernando or Lewisburg. But the coach of the year, Nikki Witten of Hernando. So congratulations yeah, yeah. to Coach Witten and to all the young ladies who are named on this list. Just an absolute. That's a very very tough thing to do to be named to the all county softball team 
in DeSoto County, which by far is the best county for softball in the state. So congratulations again on a wonderful year for these ladies. Absolutely. And look forward to Lewis-Burkinando. Rivalry continues. It seems to happen every year. And, and one of the whoever wins this game may just be the best team in North Mississippi. So uh, we'll be pulling for, you know, hard for that. Looking forward to that coming up this weekend. Well, Derek, thanks for all that information coming out of sports. Good luck to all those men and women as uh, so many of them, Derek, are, are wrapping up their high school careers. You know, when it comes to graduation in the next three weeks, it's uh, hard to believe we're here, but it is that time of year. So keep fighting hard. Congratulations to all those seniors on a job well done. And, you know, no matter what, uh, keep your head up and just remember the wonderful times, um, you know, you had playing baseball and soccer and all those different sports. Well, we finished our show the same way. We like to encourage everyone to attend a local church this weekend. If, you're, if you've been thinking about going, let this Sunday be the first Sunday back in church. Uh, you pass by numerous churches dropping kids off at school numerous churches going to work um, find their facebook page they'll tell you all about your, their service times worship times worship opportunities on sunday morning and please consider uh, doing that derek and i attend hernando methodist church three services on sunday mornings 8 45 and 10 55 for a more traditional feel then the nine o'clock table service takes place in the gymnasium this pat this coming weekend will be a senior sunday That's right. so a lot of special time, number of seniors there, Hernando Methodist. And then our Wednesday night youth band will be leading the music. Uh, gosh, we have four seniors. Wow. Four, Shelby, Shelby, Caroline, Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's not a good pod, but uh, four seniors will be you know, leading the music on Sunday and then will be uh, recognized and honored uh, as well. So uh, these girls have been – I mean – you practice on Sunday mornings. Uh, you come out on Wednesdays. You get to youth early and and give of your talents. And uh, you know time's ticking, and, and I'm going to miss those young ladies uh, for sure. But shout out to all those girls for doing such a wonderful job. And uh, I know Derek, you're you're going out of town, so you do have a fill in for your your class. Well, we're going to have like a the class is going to have a discussion on the next chapter. Gotcha. Um, okay. So it's just uh, about it's it's going to be uh, brushing your teeth, Matt. Can Brush. I, no, no. <laughs> it basically it's dealing with body image both physically uh, and spiritually. Okay, uh, And so you, when you're brushing your teeth, it's, you're, it's not usually your best-looking self. It's an opportunity self. to reflect. That's okay. right. And it's yeah. not the best-looking self that you're looking at. Right, okay. So, um, you know, nobody looks good brushing their teeth. True. Uh, so it's just kind of taking that and applying it to our lives, both can we be okay with where we are physically, uh, and then also can we be okay, you know, when you look at yourself, as you mentioned, the reflection and kind of where are you are with God. So just again, it's a great way to take mundane items that everybody does to the day and try to you know maybe find a little peace, a little Jesus uh, in those times. You know, and speaking of the senior girls and high school girls and, and what I just mentioned, you know, high school starts a tough time for I mean, society's telling you how you should look physically and, and how you should look and, and, and all those different things. And um, just to remember a reminder, we try to do this on Wednesday nights for sure, reminding those kids that the beauty is within, you know, your spiritual journey and spiritual walk is, is, um, you know, uh, just let it shine through. I mean, just let it shine through. Um, the world needs those kind of things. The world needs, uh, good kids to, uh, to just remind others that, uh, it's going to be okay. And the sun's going to come out tomorrow and that Jesus loves you. So, um, Derek, be safe on your trip going out of town and, uh, welcome you back next week. Looking forward to another wonderful week right here under the water tower. Look, if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW podcast on Instagram at UTW podcast and on Twitter at UTW pod. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB pod. They release a show early every Monday morning, all about the eastern side of DeSoto County. Also, deep dive into Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB Pod, look them up today. Wherever you listen to our show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, give us a five star review. Helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. Derek, have a safe trip. Look forward to being back with you. Enjoy the weekend. 
there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. 